It's really good to see you all here tonight. Thank you very much for coming out to be with us in Dundonald Elam Church. If you're a visitor, my name is Pip, and I'm one of the pastoral lead team in this fellowship, and it's just lovely to have you with us. If you have a Bible, please turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and we're going to start reading at verse 40. In this church, we believe the Bible is the inspired and the authoritative word of God. Many of you will know the context of this scripture. Peter is preaching a great sermon on the day of Pentecost. And verse 40 of chapter 2 says this. And with many other words, he, Peter, testified and exhorted them, the crowd, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as everyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen. And we know God will add his blessing to that reading from his word. Fellowship is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing, and I would like us to consider a couple of aspects of it. Firstly, fellowship is a word that describes what we are here tonight. It's a word that describes what we are here tonight. At Pentecost, 3,000 people were saved. The church was born. What a day that was. But those 3,000 people became a fellowship. Fellowship is a word that describes what we are here tonight. One of the, the meanings of the Greek word for fellowship, koinonia, is to share. To share. And we are a Christian fellowship because we share a faith in Jesus Christ. Fellowship is a word that describes what we are because of what we share in common. Now, we can use the word fellowship to describe any group of people who share a common interest, but the fellowship that we are is Christian. The fellowship that we are is Christian because it is grounded and it is centered in Christ. So firstly, fellowship is a word that describes what we are tonight because of our shared faith in Jesus. Secondly, fellowship is a word that describes something we do. It describes something we do. The Greek word koinonia means to share, but it also means to participate in or contribute to. It also means to participate in or contribute to. Fellowship is not just a passive understanding about the, the theological significance of our gathering here this evening. Fellowship is also about actions and actions that are intensely relational. 
3,000 people were saved on the day of Pentecost, and they became a fellowship, but that resulted in actions that saw them pouring their lives into one another. They studied God's word. They broke bread. They ate together, met in each other's homes, offered hospitality. They did life together. They participated in and contributed to something. They did fellowship. Now again, we can use the word in a worldly sense to describe any group of people who participate in a common cause. But the fellowship you and I participate in is Christian. It is Christian because it's grounded and it's rooted and centered in Christ. And it's something that should build up our faith. So Acts 2 reveals this explosion of koinonia, of fellowship. 3,000 people became a fellowship because of their shared faith in Jesus, but they were also committed to working out their newfound status and who they were in Christ by participating in and contributing to fellowship by lovingly pouring their lives in to one another. It's a word that describes something we are and something we do. And it strikes me that both understandings of this word are crucial. Because what we are theologically tonight needs to be worked out in practice. What we are theologically tonight needs to be worked out in practice. There are some strands of Christianity that might be strong on theology, but maybe not so strong on living it out. We might not see an awful lot of love in action. Other strands of Christianity can be strong in practice and living out and doing life together, but maybe don't have the, the theological basis or understanding for it all. Both understandings of the word are crucial. This church is being blessed by God at the minute. But folks, if we want this church to continue to thrive and grow in the purposes of God, we need to work out what we are in practice. Both understandings of fellowship are crucial. Koinonia means to share. And there are so many things that you and I share tonight theologically. And actually, it doesn't matter how we feel or think about or act towards each other. Those the beliefs that we have don't change. As a Christian fellowship, we share a belief tonight that when we were born into this world, we were separated from God because of sin. The fellowship or the, the shared life that we had with God was broken. But we also believe that through Jesus' saving work, that shared life or fellowship with God has been restored. 1 John 1 verse 3 talks about our fellowship with God and our fellowship with Jesus. And this has all been restored through the cross and the resurrection. In fact, every time we come around this table together, every time we take communion, we not only remember what Jesus has done for us, but we also remember who we are because of it. 1 Corinthians 10 talks about how we partake of one loaf. We are of one body. Every time we share communion or participate at this table, words that speak of fellowship, we're reminded of who we are because of Jesus 
And we share so many other beliefs too. We have a, a shared faith, a shared love from God, a shared purpose, a shared ministry to advance the cause of the gospel, a shared power in the Holy Spirit, and a shared eternity. A shared eternity. There's so much that you and I share together as a fellowship. But our theology, our shared beliefs need to be worked out in practice. And we do this through authentic fellowship. And for the remainder of this talk, I want to focus on one particular aspect of our fellowship that is fundamentally crucial, that needs worked out in practice, and that is our unity. I want to think about one aspect of our fellowship that needs to be worked out in practice. It's crucial, and that is our unity. Unity is at the heart of fellowship. We are one in Christ. Yes, there might, might be tens of thousands of different denominations all across the world, but we are one in Christ. At salvation, you and I were immediately placed in Christ's body and in fellowship with each other. Whether we like each other or not does not change that. We are one in him. We are one set of branches connected to one vine, one flock under one shepherd, one family with one father, one building with one foundation, one body under one head. We're one in Christ. Theologically, the church is a united fellowship. But the whole point of tonight is this, that what we are, a united fellowship, needs worked out in practice. And unity also involves you and me in a profound, deep, and eternal relationship with each other. And this is forever, folks. Our unity and fellowship is forever. So some people need to get over some of their problems because we're in this for the long haul. We're in this for all of eternity. And in Acts 2, we read about a vibrant united fellowship. They were all together. They had all things in common. They were of one accord and one mind. They were a united fellowship. People committed to participating in and contributing to activities that built each other up. They enhanced their unity through fellowship. And we need to do the same. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. So important, particularly as we are seeing God's blessing in this church. Because where there's blessing, there will be a battle. And if there is one way the devil will try to drive a wedge right through everything God is doing in this church, it will be to destroy our togetherness, to destroy our unity. We need to be aware of his schemes because the fact of our unity in Christ actually means little in a day-to-day -day sense if we're not committed to working it out through fellowship. Let me explain a little bit about what I mean regarding working out our unity through fellowship. But sharing the picture, it always comes into my mind when I think of unity, particularly in spiritual battle. Years ago, I remember learning about the Roman army, and they, of course, were an elite force, the superpower of their day, primarily because they were well-equipped 
And when it came to shields, these guys had a couple of different types of shields. One was a, a small circular one with straps in the back of it that they could use with one hand to hold up so that they could fight with the other hand. The other shield was called the scutum, S-C-U-T-U-M. And it was a much larger shield. It was about four and a half feet high, two and a half feet high. And the soldiers could use it to push opponents over. But it was almost like a door that at the times that the soldier could hide behind to protect their bodies. But the really interesting thing about the scutum was that it was designed in a way that meant soldiers could lock shields together. It was designed in a way that meant they could lock shields together. So when the army was attacking a, a city and there's maybe arrows being fired on them from high places, they would close ranks, lock shields around and above themselves for protection. And this formation was called the testudo, T-E-S-D-U-O. Can you imagine it? When those soldiers locked shields together, essentially they became like a, a formidable human tank. When that army locked shields in unity, they became an unstoppable force. And this is the picture I have in my head when I think of unity in this fellowship. Yes, we're one in Christ, but in practice, in the battle, on a day-to-day -day basis, we need to lock shields. We need to lock shields, which speaks of our, our lives and the hearts that we have and stand together. Authentic fellowship is what will keep those shields locked and enable us in unity to keep moving forward as an unstoppable force. Our unity and fellowship is not enhanced, folks, if we only sit here together on a Sunday during services. No, we need to advance. You and I, we're part of the greatest cause on earth. And we need to advance, and we need to advance together. And we do that when we lock shields and we stand strong. In Acts chapter 2, a united fellowship, the first church, it was so vibrant in fellowship. Scripture says that God added to their number daily those who were being saved. Do you know one of the reasons I reckon why God is blessing and moving this church forward as a fellowship? As a church, it's because of the fellowship that we have together. I love being here with you guys. Love Sundays, love Wednesdays, any time that we can meet up. Because when we come into this fellowship on a Sunday, you can feel the atmosphere. It's buzzing. It's almost tangible. Most visiting speakers who come in here mention it. Before and after services, we mix together. We enjoy each other's company. We get excited about God. This is a place we want to be. But have you noticed how some of the visitors that come in also want to hang about for coffee after the services and don't seem to be in a rush away? We've been running Alpha now for nine weeks and there are visitors from Alpha who stay behind now and join us for coffee in the cafe afterwards, which is great. And we love that. But what we love even more is the fact that many of these visitors are now starting to come out here to church on a Sunday. And we love having you here. We really do. And we'll hope that your journey with us will continue long after 
Alpha has finished. God says in Acts chapter 2 that God added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, what is God going to use to draw even more people and add to our number? It's the fact that we lock shields together, folks, that we stand strong, that we enjoy fellowship with each other, and we drive it all forward. That's what God is using and what he will continue to use. Let me tell you something. This church is going to keep growing in a numerical sense. But as we do, the principles of locking shields, the principles of fellowship still stand. They're still crucial. If we were to protect the dynamic that is precious to us, a family and togetherness. Who wants to be part of a church of, say, 1,500 people who don't know each other, don't talk to each other? I tell you, we want to be part of a church of 1,500 people who are deeply involved in fellowship with each other, who are united, who have locked shields. That's another unstoppable force that will keep growing. But what will take this fellowship, and this is really important, what will take the fellowship we have and unity we enjoy together to an explosive next level is when we take what we have within these four walls and keep living it out when we're the church scattered every week in our various mission fields. If we have seen great growth from what is being been going on within these four walls, can you imagine what it will be like when it's released in the community and we continue it on in our homes and our workplaces? Can you imagine if we were committed to doing stuff like the early church did, meeting together in each other's homes, offering hospitality, having plenty of crack, but reading God's word and praying together, looking uh, to meet each other's needs and, and building up each other in the Lord. If we can keep our shields locked when we're not together in this place, I reckon we'll start to see people saved on a daily basis. Why ever not? Because God has promised to bless our unity. And the world we live in, folks, desperately needs us to do this. Why? Well, because we live in a world that needs Christian fellowship. We're all created in the image of God. But as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he, he, he lives in, in perfect fellowship and relationship. So because of that, and because we're built in, created in his image, we all have an inbuilt desire for relationship and for fellowship, I want to say. Because that's what we're made for. The world desperately needs you and me to lock shields and commit to fellowship. Because the world in itself is becoming more and more individualistic and isolated. People actually are getting further and further and further away from their inbuilt need for relationship. Many in the world today try to find fellowship in social media communities. Now, not everything about social media is bad, but a recent American survey said that most average high school students spend nine hours a day on social media. People might say this world has never been more connected, but actually it also could be argued that this world has never been more disconnected as people are becoming more insular, hiding in private communities they have on their phones or behind laptops. The world is reduced fellowship 
to something of little value and worth. And we need to be a church that locks shields. That locks shields. But what will keep those shields locked and enhanced is our fellowship. When we work this out, I tell you, we'll be a magnet for the lost because they'll see everything in us that they were created for. Everything in us that they were created for. A united church is a powerful church. John 13, 35 says, By this will all men know that you are my disciples if we have love one for another. But you know, a big problem that we have in the church, a big problem that we have in the church around this land is that instead of Christians locking shields, we've got lots of Christians who lock horns. Instead of Christians locking shields, We've got lots of Christians who lock horns, falling out over secondary theological issues like what's going to happen in the end times or how little or much water we use in baptism. And I'm not minimizing those, but people fall out over them. And there's a lost world going to hell. Relationships are breaking down in churches. There are power struggles. And there's people even falling out over stupid stuff like the color of the carpet. Or well, they use drums in church. It's pathetic. It really is. Christians are dropping shields, and the devil is having an absolute field day. Who would want to be part of a church like that? I mean, church with a capital C. Well, this is the perception people have of church. So you can see the challenge we have and how we desperately need to lock shields together and show them a different and a biblical way. Locking shields, protecting our unity through authentic fellowship. As this world gets lost in online communities that are bringing people closer to a place where they're losing the ability to even talk to one another or have a conversation. We need to live out our unity through fellowship. But make no doubts about it, please. Make no doubts about it. It, To keep our unity and drive it forward through fellowship is going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. It's going to require hard work. It's going to require commitment. Social media communities require no commitment, no risk, or no giving of ourselves to others. Real fellowship requires real people. Real Christian fellowship requires Christians committed to working it out. Acts 2 says the early church were committed to each other. They continued steadfastly in fellowship every day. And there needs to be commitments here. And I hope that as we thank God again tonight for all he's doing in this fellowship, as we look forward to Malcolm, Debbie, and their family joining with us, as we look forward to a great future together, I hope that even tonight we'll become even more committed to locking shields, protecting the preciousness of what we have in this church and living out who we are. There's going to be so many challenges And that's why we need to be in this for the long haul, folks. No short-termism. We need to be in this for the long haul where we participate in and contribute to fellowship. It involves effort. Christianity is not an individual or a, a private experience. It's a shared life. It's all about fellowship. And there's a great need and power when we lock shields and stand together. You know what? We need each other. We desperately need each other. The, the, this, 
This needs worked out because we're all partners. We're a team. We're a family. I tell you, we're a great team. But we need to keep our unity through fellowship. And this should never be a time where anybody in this church says to a hand, a foot says to a hand, we don't need you. (laughs) We desperately need each other. We're all different. Praise the Lord for that. We're all different. We've different personalities, different gifts, different abilities, different ideas, different roles and functions in the body, but we need each other. Hebrews 10 verse 24 says, let us consider how we stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some in the habit some are, but encouraging one another. How much do we need encouragers in the church? We talk about all these spectacular gifts and yes, they're important, but how much do we need encouragers in the church? Those people who come alongside and build us up in the Lord. It's absolutely crucial. Do you know what? It really feels like we're on the cusp. It really feels like we're on the cusp of something very, very special in this church. But as a fellowship, we need to keep shields locked, enhance that unity through fellowship. Let's all stand together. Worship team are going to join me on the stage. Do you know what I would love us to do? Now, if you don't want to do this, please don't. But hopefully most of you will. I'd actually love us to lock arms together here. Just as a visible sign of locking shields. If we need to move closer together, and actually let's move into the aisles so that we're, we're, we form a formidable tank of togetherness and, and unity. And we're only going to do this just for the last five minutes of this talk. So come on, in we go. In the gallery as well. Do you know something? Do you know something, folks? The greatest privilege in life is to have fellowship with God and fellowship with each other. We are a fellowship. We're a fellowship. But Christianity is not just a set of beliefs. It involves action. It involves action. And we need to be committed to being a church united through fellowship. And I hope this stance, it's a bit unusual, isn't it? We don't get asked to do this, but sometimes unusual is okay because it helps us to remember things. And I hope this stance that we have together now will be memorable because we need to enhance the unity we have through fellowship. I'm telling you guys, I want to lock shields with you because I love you. Wanna lock shields with you. And I'm excited with what God is doing and what He has in store for us. Can you imagine the unstoppable force? The unstoppable force we will be if we stick together. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what our ages. This needs to be a church of all age ministry. We're from the youngest to Doris. 
Everybody has their role. Everybody has their place. Everybody has their ministry. What are you laughing at? (laughs) No matter the circumstances, we need to keep our shields locked. Let's not give the devil a foothold. Don't be the one who drops your shield. Don't give the devil a foothold and see when he fires his best missiles at us. We're standing strong. We're not letting go. We're standing strong together. Don't drop the shields no matter how hot the battle gets. Don't drop the shields. When a relationship becomes strained, don't drop the shields. Please don't. Work it out in love. When a marriage is in trouble, don't drop the shield. Commit to working it out in love. When someone lets us down, don't drop the shield because that one will happen. We're only human and we'll let each other down. That's why this formidable tank, this united church, needs to be seasoned with love and grace and forgiveness. So that when we do let each other down, we don't drop shields, but we keep journeying together. Even when we don't agree, because I'll tell you this, unity has to allow space for us to be able to disagree with each other and things. But in love still choose to walk on. Don't drop the shields. Don't let backstabbing or gossip become something that weakens us. Let's build each other up in love. We are a family. We're a beautiful family. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 talks about a three-fold cord that's not easily broken. What about a 200-fold cord? (laughs) What about a 200-fold cord? That's not easily broken where we stand together through thick and thin, good and bad. We keep moving forward together. Tell you, this will be a place where God will add daily to our number of those who are being saved. This is not a spectator sport on Sundays. We need to commit to each other in fellowship here, but also when we're the church scattered. Can we commit to let no corrupt talk come out of our mouths, but only what's good for, for building each other up? Can we commit to going that second mile? going that second mile for each other as we take care of one another, as we exhort and encourage each other, like iron sharpens iron, that we sharpen each other in the race. That my priority is to, to make you the best you can be in God. We're doing that for each other. We're cheering each other on. We don't feel threatened. We don't want to hinder. We just want to encourage each other to go on and be all we can be in God. And this house church gets bigger. Please don't let our unity be divided by people starting to look for prestige or position or power. Oh, let's keep the atmosphere we have of one where we serve each other in love. Where we serve each other in love. Wow, that's a church I'm sure every single one of us wants to be part of. Fellowship, it's what we are, but it's also what we do. It's not just being together, it's doing together and it's central to our continued growth and development as a church folks for the glory of God let's keep our shields locked tonight every day every night but let's do it for the long haul please let's do it for the long haul
And let's make this fellowship we have the engine that protects everything we have now and everything we have in the exciting united future we have in God. Amen? Brilliant. Now, I'm going to ask you to physically drop hands, but don't be doing it spiritually. Let's keep our shields locked. And we're going to go into a final time of worship tonight as a church. One of the things, as you get back into your seats, that I'll say that, that we want to protect against as well is how in worship, worship is becoming something individual in church. Bless me, bless me. Pour out your spirit in my life. Let's not lose the corporate we in worship. There's power when we worship with one heart and with one voice. So come on, let's lift the roof of this place tonight as we worship God as a fellowship and let's go into the world and live it out. Amen. God bless you.